0: That, uh, that quickly, huh? Just going right in, right in on it, right in on 2023.
1: Stop petting yourself. I'm just moving my hand to a comfortable resting position. You don't need to go in on me like that. Uh, like 2023. Listen, just—I don't have anything great to say about 2023. We are—we are, we are um, 14 hours and 57 minutes into 2023, hours. and. Decidedly feels exactly the same um, And I feel really sad For anyone that's like 2023 is going to be my year No well, no, It's no. just the same
0: as every other year
1: Now that might just be my nihilistic side But uh
0: Look I say it's 2023 new year new you For watching this podcast episode You get to be A new identity
1: Oh yeah Can I identify as a beholder I like the stalks the eye stalks.
0: Well, we've randomized them, so
1: I don't get to pick my stalks. Nope. Got a roll on the table for it. That's highly unfortunate. Well, uh I'm Connor. And I'm Sam. And we are the Dungeon Bros, but we are not brothers. Nor are we in a dungeon. Yeah. So We're just we're just We're gonna review twenty twenty two and uh the the sad part is is I want to I talk about the good things in D&D Because there were good things Sure In D&D um, Just comparatively Comparatively Which is the coast is not having a great year No, no uh,
0: uh, Yeah, we might want to some, some might call it shitting the bed Ooh,
1: shitting directly into the bed Yeah Yeah, like mm-hmm. um, Like Amber Heard levels of bed shitting specifically pillow shitting possibly mm. in that context. Mm. Yes. From Wizards of the Coast. It's been a, it's been a rough year. They have upset fans both of D&D and of Magic the Gathering at seemingly every turn, both in decisions that they've purposefully made and decisions they've well they've just overlooked some things. Yeah. <laughs> well, not a not a great look per se, but nonetheless we time time goes ever on. It as, does, as it, as they say. So, uh, Sam, how how are the holidays for you? How how are you? Uh, doing?
0: you know, well, let, let's just say today's uh today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by me getting food poisoning the other day, so I didn't get plastered last night. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. you had to work this morning, so Yes, you So get I plastered.
1: also did not. Well, I had some I had some lovely beers with the family as on December thirty first. I had my Christmas because uh, my beloved father decided to abandon us for the holidays. <laughs> which can't really blame him. It's going to be yeah. fucking freezing here. <laughs> like Doing Florida, right? Yeah, Florida. 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 They were they were enjoying a frigid sixty degrees Fahrenheit while we were dealing with like negative ten actual. Ah, uh, yes. The, so how did they ever survive? I know. How did they? Ever survive? I, I don't know how they survived. Apparently, it was like a there was like a tuna sandwich. It was like fourteen dollars or something ridiculous. at wow. So why are they a, buying a, tuna sandwiches? That's a well, that's a Seinfeld reference. They uh, actually got like missed that one. Uh. They got they got like a Cuban sandwich, a salad, and. Another salad and a couple drinks, and it was, like, $126. <laughs> mm. And when I say a couple drinks, I literally mean, like... Two. Like, two to four yeah. beverages, and it was $126, because high-end resorts. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, well, fuck them for not inviting me. Anyway, so uh, before before we get into the regular business, uh, if you know us, you probably know us from TikTok, yeah. where we've inexplicably not been posting at all (laughs) the holidays are hard guys holidays are hard we 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 took a planned leave of absence from the internet he says in retrospect after just not posting a lot because he's tired (laughs) (laughs) but uh we we made a post before recording this live plan on recording stuff probably tomorrow because we need to yeah and you know we'll hit we'll hit 2023 strong because you know New year, <laughs> gonna be better than the last one. New year, new you. We yeah. lost
0: your old identity in the
1: mail. We are so sorry. Yeah. 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 But as usual. Uh, but if you want to, you can check out the link tree and all of the things. You can follow us on TikTok, where over 30,000 of you already do. In 2022, yeah, we have gone from... Oh my gosh, early year celebration, we hit 10,000 followers to now comfortably over 30,000 mm-hmm. and growing strong every day. If this were a linear growth, we could expect 50,000 by the end of the year. Me personally, I'm hoping the growth trend continues exponential. Maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, like 75. That'd be cool. That'd be great. That'd be cool. That'd be a good time. We would, we would then become one of the larger D&D TikTokers. Yeah, that are sub one million because <laughs> yeah. basically like you hit a hundred k and then it's like oh oh and and they gone yeah they gone
0: you're you're either uh, you're either on the oh yeah we all we all know each other by uh you know it's us over here with RPD and RD. and 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 uh, Big Daddy Velvet it's Big Daddy Velvet or it's like oh uh, Wizards of the Coast is inviting Jenny D to do uh, some some yeah uh, stuff for
1: them in the middle Wait. of the year and, then and there's like and... ice cream sandwich oh, yeah. all it. Quincy's Tavern All those great, pe- great huge, people Great people Different echelon Yes Different echelon I digress You follow us on the TikToks You can subscribe to us on the YouTubes We're We're, we're barrel We're barreling through We got a lot of shorts A lot of Magic the Gathering shorts But we're also doing like A little learn to play D&D thing With some random mechanics That Sam's doing Which mm-hmm. is nice It's a good time Subscribe to us there So you don't miss We got
0: some videos planned To come out here In yeah. the next month
1: Oh yeah Oh yeah Scheduled already to upload Not planned as in like Oh we want to do these They're done They're ready to go be excited or don't. Then you can go follow us on the Instagram. And you know, I'm gonna shout it out. You can follow us on the Twitter as well. You can't. We it exists. I'm probably going to include it in the link tree. Gonna revamp the link tree here soon. Just a little bit.
0: Mostly from Twitter, I see our our dear friend Fell the Leb comments. Norb, uh,
1: which, by the way, you can of course go watch our bonus episode of the podcast we did recently with Norb Fell the Leb, uh, YouTuber and Twitter meme-tastic guy (laughs) who's also a personal friend of mine and we did a deep dive into 1D&D, all the playtest material that's been out after the Clerics UA, which was a great time. Uh, Do all the things. We're going to have our year-end collection of homebrew collected into one package with a sampling of uh, items from the Blood Magic pack on DriveThruRPG. That, uh, the Dungeon Bros. Compendium, as I think we're going to call it, will just be like an all-in-one package, really easy. You can find the link in the link tree. We're going to charge for that one just because I I want to just update the file every year. So that way if you buy it once, you will get the updates every year as they roll out. That is the plan. I think that's how that will work, hopefully. I hope that works Fingers or else crossed. I just lied to you, which is embarrassing. And now, by the time you are listening to this podcast live on Wednesday, we have an Amazon affiliate store. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the best way to financially support us or just uh, play our TikToks on loop for like an hour. Yeah. Like just put it up, like pull it up on your iPad when you're not like you, you finished pooping. So you'd have no use for your iPad for the next eight hours. Yes. Because that's the only thing people use iPads for. Yes. You, you finished your poop. You open up the TikTok app on iPad. You go to our most recent video, you hit play and then you set the iPad down on mute. You can even plug it in. Yeah. Even plug it in. It'll still charge. Then when you return to poop the next time, you will have helped us quite a bit, and we can appreciate that. Is that all the links? I think that's all the links. Discord. Oh, the Discord server. You can join our Discord server. We had some lovely holiday celebrations. It was a good time. Gave away some stuff. Great. It was a good time.
0: Very good. Yeah. It's a lot of promoting for ourselves at the beginning of the
1: podcast. Yeah, uh, but some things that you you got to get it in early. You don't want to get it in right out of the gate, but I mean, you got you can't wait till the end. Kind of went right out of the gate. It was basically right <laughs> out of the gate. It's fun. It's really fun Uh, The Cleric UA Survey is going to be Open until January 20th So a little bit Over a week and a half As of the posting Of this Um, Of course If you want Wizards of the Coast To listen to your opinions On 1D&D This is the only way You can get them To actually listen I would like Actually
0: Wizards of the Coast To put out a survey survey um, Because (laughs) I took the survey And man Let me tell you how um, Comment box is great The rest of the survey Not
1: very intuitive No
0: it's like they just listed out everything and said satisfied or dissatisfied, extremely dissatisfied, dissatisfied, satisfied, extremely satisfied. I'm like, you asked me if the fourth level of an ability score or feat was satisfactory.
1: I guess. Yeah. Like that's not what I'm looking here. It would be nice, nice if they had like a little comment box on the outside so you could be like I'm satisfied and then you can leave a little. That'd be exactly right that's what we need. That'd uh, be nice.
0: Other than that, uh, upcoming with Magic the Gathering releases, Ooh. we got Dominaria Remastered coming out January 13th uh, as uh, which and then Phyrexia All Will Be One, which will be dropping
1: February 10th. Yeah, Dominaria Remastered should be coming out around the time we record the next episode of the podcast in 2 weeks. With all that out of the way, uh, it's rigged. The entire system's rigged. Um, I am convinced you are launching a campaign against me on yes. Instagram, and I would like to move a vote to cancel the D and draft. You want to cancel the D and draft? Cancel the D and draft.
0: The, start start twenty twenty three with right. no D and draft.
1: Uh, we have to by unanimous vote. Uh, all in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed.
0: Well, well, hold on. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't sway me in any means.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to bum rush you just to just to get it out there and so that you agree I would it like to filibuster. Much like God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> much like much like the terms of service things, I want I want you to just scroll through and click agree. Okay? No. Alright. Well uh, if you're unaware, Sam won the DN draft for the anime, which is fucking bullshit again. <laughs> Ludicrous. Ludicrous.
0: Ludicrous. Luda. Maybe it's something we'll bring back. Uh, you know what? We we started this with uh, the the uh, the foot the NFL draft this past or the fantasy football draft this past season. Maybe uh, we'll we'll, pick we'll it up. end it. We'll end it after
1: the Super Bowl. There you go, and, we'll and then we can bring up. it back up next football season. Next football I think season. I think, I think that's a good time. But we now have. The next d and draft The d and draft For those of you that don't know We roll on a D20 table To get a topic And then we have to draft Five items from the topic Everyone's doing it on TikTok It's not that original But it's kind of D&D themed Sort of Maybe There's um, some D&D stuff in there And the D20 table Yeah And some non-D&D stuff So let's go 12 12? That's is that, a 19 That's a 19 Wow that font is bad <laughs> Alright uh, Bar drinks Ooh. Bar drinks We roll initiative for see to see who has the first overall pick. Six. Two. Okay. That dice has rolled two like four times in a row. I think it's not properly weighted. I, the oversized dice are not properly weighted. Crazy. Isn't that wild?
0: That's we'll go on a rant about over about dice weighting at some other point in time, but right now we're doing
1: bar drinks. Bar drinks. Um now are we delineating a couple ground rules. Yes. Cocktails only or are we including cocktails and draft beer? Um and if we include draft beer, are we going to delineate different types of beers or are we going to do like general categories of beers like the IPA versus the domestic light beer versus the you know the I craft. I think I think uh we should go with
0: anything that we ourselves or our friends might order at the bar? um without being specific down to name Mm. but it does but if you want to do draft beer you'd have to be like i want to do a draft ipa or a bottled lager or something like that
1: now would that be difficult in the cocktails as they have specific names
0: i think cocktails being the fact that they do have specific names Uh, like when you order let's say a a, because i already know my first Couple. Packs. I I already know my first ones, uh, but uh, so my first one, since I'll go first, will be the old fashioned. The old fashioned. When you order one. an old fashioned, and you're not in Wisconsin, you you expect a certain drink to come. Yes. You expect a certain flavor, like not even necessarily fl- flavor, specifically flavor profile. I would say when it comes to like draft beer, like a draft IPA versus a bottled uh, IPA, you do expect yes. two different t- tastes there. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay, so the old fashioned. The old fashioned. Tell me about it. What do you love about the old fashioned?
0: Um, I am a. We are both big whiskey fans. Uh, bourbon
1: specifically. Uh, my first. My first beverage is also a whiskey drink.
0: There you go. Um, but yes, bourbon specifically, and uh, uh, you know it's just one of those. Uh, it's it's simple, but it's it's classic, and uh, I've drank far too many
1: of those mm-hmm. on
0: some very good nights.
1: It is very easy to get sloshed on the old fashioned. Mm-hmm. If you like, if you like, if you enjoy a whiskey and you're a thirsty, thirsty boy like myself, it's very easy to just pound a couple of those and be gone in an hour. It's great, great. love it. Now, another thing I enjoy to pound at the bar: beverages, mm-hmm. not people. No, never, you should be waiting to get home to pound. Never people. never people, never people, never people. The whiskey sour, the whiskey, the sour. whiskey sour. There's two main varieties of the whiskey sour. There's the cheap, common whiskey sour, and there's the proper, nice whiskey sour. I would argue both of them are adequate Mm. in many ways. The well whiskey with the sweet and sour sauce, if you will, (laughs) which in many ways it is. Yeah, it's a syrup. Over ice. Mm -hmm. A a perfectly adequate beverage for a very easy to order, perfectly good anywhere at any bar. It'll be fine. You know what you get. Yeah. Now, the proper whiskey sour of the whiskey with the citrus juice with... Hear me out. The egg white... Mm-hmm. shaken in a shaker get nice and creamy and frothy marvelous spectacular stupefying if you will indeed i feel like i lost a lot of people with the egg white that may not have been a good first overall draft pick but that's I, fine you No,
0: know, it depends on how uh how hoity-toity our crowd is i don't know yeah that is true that is true all hey, right number um two. number two uh oh geez i think this is not a personal choice but this is a uh, very very uh, uh, high-level choice, Mm. and I think we're going to have to go with the um, classic martini.
1: Ah, the martini. Yes. Interesting. Shaken or stirred?
0: Uh, Since we're going classic, it would be stirred. If you're doing a Vespers, then it'd be shaken. And of course, this is a little bit noted to one of my favorite quotes of all time, which I believe came from Winston Churchill. He said, I would like a dry martini, and uh, I would like, in the way he likes it, is uh, you make you you uh, put the you stir the gin with ice while you can see a bottle of dry vermouth. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he would drink chilled gin, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, do you want a nice clean martini or do you want like a dirty little slutty martini? I, I don't like olives, so no. I'm going to go with, with a with a regular. I feel like I went a little bit too specific. Maybe maybe threw some people off with the egg white. Cocktail to begin with, so Mm -hmm. I want to go. I want to take it back a little bit. The classic. Every ant loves them. Every every college frat guy that doesn't know what to get at a bar just does it because they sound classy. The gin and tonic. Mm, Mmm G and T. The G and T. A classic, very herbaceous, Mm -hmm. non-offensive. If you have a fine well whiskey, it's or a well gin. If you have a fine well beverages, yes, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Very safe option. The lime can cover it all up. The tonic tones things down. It All good. Helps keep away malaria and scurvy. We have both gone whiskey, then gin drinks. Yes. Sam, what is your third overall pick?
0: I'm going to go into the beer category, as we were Ooh, mentioning earlier. Already
1: going into the beer. Yes. Oh, I'm not planning on going into the
0: beer uh, Well, I am a big beer proponent. Um, and I order a lot of IPAs on draft. Mm-hmm. So that's when mine is draft
1: IPA. Draft IPAs. Yes. The IPA the IPA beer. Mhm. If you will. I, I know a lot of people uh are against it, <laughs> you in particular. Yes, I am not a fan of the IPA. Not a fan.
0: Um, but I at one point sat down and was like, I'm going to learn to like these because I was working at a brewery at a time and um less so now, but there was a the the IPA huge the huge IPA wave like the crest the big, of it, the big push was a few years ago while I was working at a yeah. brewery. Um And I was like, I
1: have to be able to talk about these Mm -hmm. for my job. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like things to taste good when I drink them. Thus, I do not like IPAs. Number three overall for me... Ooh, I'm torn. Going with the head here. Head? Head sense? Very popular amongst the basic white bitches, if you will. And very popular amongst anyone at any sort of Mexican mm. restaurant, the margarita. The margarita. The margarita. The, the bottomless margs, the, the, the table apparatus that is a large tube of frozen tequila slush with a little spigot on it. Yes. That you put into a large chilled glass. I have gotten very sloshed off of <laughs> the endless martinis before, <laughs> such that I have had to have the assistance of those around me to finish my large mark a classic it, it, the pairing at the mexican restaurant sure. is just with next level the chips and guac and salsa and tacos give and me give, give me all the beans give me the rice all that yeah very the uh, with the margarita i hope i pissed people off with that this how you said fajitas yep Took me a second. <laughs> Two, <laughs> don't <phagitas>. worry. The <laughs> very good. Samuel,
0: fourth overall pick. Fourth overall pick. Um, I had a I had a good one, and um, I lost it when we were talking about margaritas. Yeah. The, I, the, that's what happens when you're drinking them, man. You just yeah. You, you, <laughs> you, just, start, you just start
1: losing thoughts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Oh, I know what it was. I was going. To, I, I've I've decided to change gears and go towards the ever popular brunch drink, uh, the, mimosa. the mimosa. The
1: mimosa is a classic
0: another bottomless uh alcohol mm-hmm. option um or pitchers of such um our uh, myself and our buddy Darren have sat many a morning long uh mm. not in a, not in several mm-hmm. years though mm-hmm. due to you know the end of the world just sipping away on mo- on mimosas
1: until it is well past the hour which they will allow us to continue to order them the mimosa as a as a young drinker in my uh, 21s <laughs> in my 21s the mimosa always seemed like a really like a really frilly like oh i need to be i need to be going to the brunch with the gals in my later years the mimosa is just a lovely beverage indeed it's just a lovely just beverage a lovely beverage now the the impetus for my love of the mimosa came from christmas time when my brother would uh, insist that we enjoy uh, the gin and orange juice. Mm, with the gin and juice. With the Christmas breakfast. Which evolved into various other alcohols in orange juice. Just whatever you can mix with orange juice at that point. And when I first had a proper mimosa, it changed my life. Changed my life. There you go. I also want to bring up, this is not my pick. It's okay. not my pick. I, Honorable not my, mention? Not my pick. <laughs> Decidedly not my pick. And something I bet you find disgusting. If you're a frat boy. The bromosa. Are you familiar with the bromosa? Not from now. You take a a a lovely orange juice, a Tropicana. Sure. You pour this into a glass along with your light beer. Oh, sure. The Miller Light, the the Natty Light, the PBR, just whatever whatever you got. A beermosa. Whatever you got, liner the bromosa. A classic. A classic. Highly recommend. I uh, have not had it since I was in college. <laughs> I mean, I, at, at places I've worked, um, either
0: uh, champagne was you know, not something you wanted to pop every day because it kind of goes bad as soon as you pop it. Pop, pop. Or we didn't carry it because we were a brewery. Uh, we would do either cider mimosas using mm-hmm. a dry lime a mm-hmm. cider mm-hmm. or um, a lily capo- uh, a passion fruit white ale mimosa as well. Ooh, lovely, lovely. We spent way too much time on the
1: mimosa. Anyway, fourth overall for you. So the mimosa in alcohol percentage, you can down those things all the live long day. Oh, you could. And you can get sloshed, but it's going to take a little while. The bubbles also don't help. Oh, yeah. Bubbles make you burpy. The arguably the most efficient alcohol to bloodstream method behind the butt chug, of course, <laughs> <laughs> behind the butt chug is the Long Island Iced the Tea. The Long Island Iced Tea. Okay, yeah. Or... Any of the other varieties on the Long Island Iced Tea, there are various other types yes. with different mix-ins, but it always is a base of basically a pint glass of the core alcoholic spirits yep. in a glass together. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, there's, a lovely, there's a lovely bar, uh, bar grill, sports bar in the area that used to have like 30 different varieties of the Long Island Iced Tea. It's a lot. I think they chilled out on that and there's now just like a small curated selection because that's more fiscally responsible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I uh one of my my favorite bar in college uh would do Long Island. I want to say it was Long Island Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so on Tuesdays I it was Thursdays for the thing I'm yeah, yeah, but uh yeah, you would go, you would get a Long Island for like 2 bucks. Yep. Yep. And um Yeah, my my college crew would roll up on a Tuesday Mm
1: because we're all like, we don't have anything to do on Wednesday until, like, noon. Oh, yeah. That's always a good time. The midweek. The midweek binge drinking. Sorry. The midweek regular drinking in large quantities. Yes. Drink responsibly. Sam, your final pick. Fifth and final pick. My
0: fifth and final pick. uh, and, And we often talk about the heart sense versus head sense and here... This is something I've ordered at a bar quite often, mm. uh, but it is my heart sense because not a lot of people often go with this unless you're at a specific establishment for it, and that is going to be just
1: the whiskey neat. The neat whiskey. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, are you trying? Are you are you trying to play the game here of like, oh, there's some people that just want the neat, like, well, you're not going well whiskey. No, ne- no, no, you're with the neat pour. Now, there's uh one of our mm. one
0: of the, the bar that oh. I go to most often. Uh, has, has you know, the the normal selection of mid-ranged and low-end whiskeys, but then they have two shelves with uh, with some nicer whiskeys, and usually when I see in one that I haven't had yet, uh, because, you know, buying whole bottles is kind of expensive, I'll just order a single pour, um, but I don't want to be drinking that all night, so I'll just order a single pour of something nicer, mm-hmm. and that'll be the way I usually end my night. And end your night with, the, my with night. the neat
1: mid- to high-shelf whiskey. Exactly. Interesting. I feel the need to go for value here. Go for it. And there's going to be many people that don't agree with me, think that this shouldn't be on the list. Mm, interesting. I would argue this is what keeps most bars afloat. Mm, interesting. I have thought of what it is, but
0: I'm excited to hear what you think.
1: The draft domestic light beer. Yes. That the is. Miller light, the Bud light, the Coors light, the Michelob ultra. See, my guess was either going to
0: be the the draft version or the bottle version, because there are a lot of proponents of the bottle
1: version. A lot, a lot, but I'm going with the draft because the draft experience is just better. That's fair. The draft experience for every, any and every beer, better than the bottle. Much like the soda, the draft soda mm. is the superior soda above both the can and the bottle, glass or plastic. It's true. All forms. All forms. Now, is there something? Is there like some kinesthetic thing about the glass bottle with the beer or glass bottle soda? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love, love the feel in your hand. Absolutely. A close second, only to the draft variety. The Miller Lite specifically has a has a, a soft spot in my heart. The classic dad beverage. The dad beverage. The beer, the beer my own father drank. Yes. The beer that not one eve ago I had several of. At Would a bar, a with my family, my father in particular. Mm. The as, as much as you may not like them, there are better beers. Sure. Obviously, sure, we know there are better beers. We've had the better beers. We enjoy the better beers. Mm-hmm. But is it, for example, are your draft IPAs going to be there for you when times are tough? <laughs>
0: I, am is, I going to order a draft? Am I am I going to blindly order a draft IPA every day? Not no. at
1: all. No. Never. No. Never. Even even you're slightly above. Like, Is, is Shock Top going to be there for you when times are tough? I don't think Shock Top is going to be there for you most of the time. Is the Blue Moon going to have your back when you're down and out? No. The Budweiser is going to be there for you. The Bud Light. The Coors Light. The Miller Light. Even... You... you, you Obviously, this isn't within the same category, but you can give, you can go upscale. The 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 Coors Banquet, mm. the, the Miller High Life, the Stella, the Stella Artois, classy, and always going to have your back. So,
0: uh, real quick, we do not advocate for drinking just because you're sad or anything like that. Not at all. Drink not responsibly.
1: A, not at all. Don't drink because you're sad. Uh, I was about to say something worse. Um, (laughs) Sam's team, Sam's team, the old fashioned, the martini, the draft IPA, the mimosa and the neat pour of whiskey. My team, the whiskey sour, the gin and tonic, the margarita, the Long Island iced tea and the domestic light draft beer. I yet again refuse to believe that I'm going to lose this.
0: Yes, we'll have to see as of when this podcast posts. Check out the Instagram and we will upload a poll to see whose team is preferred.
1: Let's put in D&D class to replace it on the table. How does that that work for you? Sure. Okay. Go for it. D&D classes. D&D classes. So we're going to talk about 2022 in a moment. Yep. As we have now entered the 2023. But we do have some things we need to talk about first. Big thing from Wizards of the Coast Related to the 1D&D We talked about the hashtag Open1D&D trend I believe on the previous episode Uh, People worried about the OGL And its non-existence Currently in 1D&D It was playtest material It will not exist until it is published material Mm -hmm. That being said People were very worried That without an OGL They would not be able to have They would not be able to create Third-party D&D content Specifically to sell Which there are a lot of D&D homebrewers that make a very good side gig Mm -hmm. making and selling homebrew. We sell homebrew. Yes. Now, we're not making a lot of money off that homebrew. No, not yet. No, no. most of our content is free, and we want to keep it that way. Yeah. But there's some nicer things. You check out the link tree in the bio for our RPG. But the team at Wizards of the Coast released on D&D Beyond a write-up talking about The open gaming license, the system reference document, and its inclusion in 1D&D. It is a long article. They've got some points in there. What we want to point out are some things that we always kind of assumed. Yes, there is going to be a a system reference document, and there's going to be an OGL that covers the system reference document and allows you to use aspects of it to create your own homebrew. Mm -hmm. We knew this was going to happen. If it wasn't going to happen... The 5th edition OGL would still exist, and you'd still be able to do things in 5th edition, and since it is backwards compatible with 1D&D, you will be able to bring it forward. They they announced that they will release version 1.1 of the Open Gaming License in early 2023, so we can look forward to that at some point, I would assume, in the first quarter, up until about March.
0: We'll be keeping our eye out and check that out when it does, and tell you about it.
1: They want to make, they're they're saying they're taking their time to make sure that the OGL version 1.1 is very clear about what it covers and what it specifically does not cover. There are many aspects of the D&D books that you are not allowed to use and replicate for homebrew purposes. Mm -hmm. There are two bits of really, really three bits of information that I feel like are a little bit concerning. Mildly concerning. Mm-hmm. If you want to use the OGL to create content, you have to let them know that you are offering items for sale. You have to alert Wizards of the Coast. The means by which you do this are unknown. You have to report open gaming license related revenue annually if you make more than $50,000 in a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Immediately, that's suspect. But you also have to remember, there's not a lot of people making more than fifty thousand dollars annually on OGL content. I would assume. Yeah, that be that's a, that's going to
0: be a company that's full
1: time working. That's, that's
0: not that's not that's not us or any of your favorite
1: TikTokers or pre- even most YouTubers. Yeah. Rune, Rune Smith and uh, XP to Level Three are not netting fifty k revenue mm-hmm. from OGL related homebrew. Like it's a little, it like gets a little that. Another problem is it gets a little murky when they have Patreons and offer homebrew as rewards for their Patreon contributions is that revenue on OGL homebrew content. Uh, We don't don't, know. You don't know. The last bit that I find the most concerning, and they note that there are fewer than 20 creators worldwide who make more than $750,000 a year in income, they're going to add a royalty to people making that much money starting in 2024. No royalties will be demanded below $750,000. But the fact that you have to report to them annually mm-hmm. if you make more than 50K. So if you're one of the massive homebrew creators, I would assume on level of... Critical role Darrington Press Yeah On the level of Maybe MCDM I don't even know If he's that big I don't know We're talking High 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 Tier producers Of D&D OGL content here They're going to be Required to pay Pay royalties Which In a sense I understand These people are Taking your product And making a lot Of money Using aspects Of your product
0: Mm Mm-hmm I mean, it's not like it's a brand new concept of royalties. Not at all. Uh, not m- at all. Movies uh, and other cinematic works have to pay royalties when they use licensed material. Absolutely.
1: The more concerning thing for me is the reporting aspect of everything. Like, they're trying to strong arm anyone who creates content with the OGL. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that they require you to report your annual revenue to them that is not a normal thing to do um, in the private sector. No. Not at all. And to me, it reads as you're making a significant amount of money. Not a ton. You're not, you're not getting rich from this, but you're making a very significant amount of money. This is like one year salary for a low middle class American revenue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, income after taxes and after the yeah. cut from the, all that kind of stuff. If you reach that point, I see a world where Wizards of the Coast starts contacting them, trying to get them under written contracts prior to the mandatory royalties at $750,000. So taking someone the size of, I would assume, MCDM, someone the size of Rune Smith of XP to level three, who I would I would venture a guess could be netting that much in revenue every year. Mm-hmm. And going to them and being like, hey... Uh, Maybe maybe something like we can sweeten the pot and expand the, the options you have available to you, it, give you an expanded system reference document, an expanded OGL, and we will take a 5% cut of any sales. This all goes back to our previous episode's discussion about how D&D is supposedly, according to Hasbro, under-monetized. Yeah. And this is clearly... For one, they're getting out in front of this People are wondering about an OGL They hadn't said anything They're putting all this information out there Before it comes out Mm -hmm. But it's clear That this is To me, I think it's clear that Hasbro is pushing Wizards of the Coast to be like Look, there's all these people making Cumulatively millions and millions and millions of dollars Off of our product And we're not seeing a cent of it Yeah And they want in
0: yeah, Hasbro uh, and Wizards of the Coast have been very interested in controlling the uh, the secondaries, um, pre- secondary creators in the in the in the Wizards of the Coast market. Um, this year, we've seen them send lots of cease and desists to MTG proxy makers. Oh. To uh, there was one very early on in the year that we talked about where they sent a cease and desist to. People trying to make an NFT system from Magic: The Gathering, and I believe they also talked about, hey, don't do this, don't try to do this for Dungeons. Oh, they did it in in this in this post. Don't do it for, don't make NFTs for Dungeons and Dragons, um. And then this during the fireside chat, where they talked about wanting, to, and then their investor meetings earlier this year, they've talked about wanting to increase their profits from Magic the Gathering and how D&D is going to be a huge you know an, a a a huge cash bomb for them N- not bomb as in a bomb as in bomb as in, woo cash everywhere <laughs> um but uh
1: Nagasaki this is, Nagasaki. This
0: is <laughs> <laughs> I don't um but yeah Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro have been very interest very much interested in growing the amount of money they can make and this is definitely leaning hard into that. Even though you'd think that, you know, there's this, these, these these
1: reporting methods. They're self-reporting methods. Yeah. I'm curious about the policing of this policy. That's what's more concerning to me. How are they expecting to enforce people to report revenue from OGL content? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be... Because, for one to accept the license terms you have to let them know what you are offering for sale. Uh, how are they going to police that? Right. Are they are they going to have hire lawyers that scour DriveThruRPG for content that wasn't submitted to them mm-hmm. and then try and strong arm these websites into giving them sales data on these products and if they're making a certain amount Fine you, sue you, cease and desist you. Like they're as you as you mentioned, they're already more than willing to send cease and desists to big fans of their products that are making wonderful supplementary material to help people that enjoy their products. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that they're trying to wring more money out of the people that want to help them the most, rather than. Letting them help them. Yeah. Letting the creators help them. Supporting Magic the Gathering creators that may criticize them. Notably, one of the the biggest Magic the Gathering YouTube channel, I think maybe outside of um the command zone, is Tolarian Community College. And Wizards of the Coast had never partnered with him to do anything. No. Because he's critical of a lot of their products. Oh, yeah. I... It seems like, it, it, it. sometimes it seems like Wizards of the Coast only ever partners with, like, Critical Role or Dimension 20 or people who are really big and don't really give comment about what they think about the systems yeah, they in just, the book releases. They're
0: just happy. They, 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 they just want to go with content producers that don't really talk about the content itself, necessarily.
1: Yeah. It's, this is a new wrinkle. I mean, obviously we knew there was going to be an OGL. I thought... I I thought from the beginning that all of this—they're uh, not going to have an OGL, we're not going to have homebrew—was uh, m- making a mountain out of a molehill. Mm-hmm. But this molehill has got a lot of deep, dark tunnels in it right now. Yeah, this is more like an ant hill. Yeah, ant hill at this point. The, ant- this mole, this mole left months ago. Oh yeah, ants taken over. Colony yeah. massive.
0: But to, to continue this metaphor, <laughs> I, we're looking at it right now. We're going all right, all right. This is, we see the problem, we're thinking about this problem, and then we're going to turn around and start walking, we're just going to fall into a pit hole. You know, uh, just, a, yeah. just our foot's going to go deep into the earth. Yep. Um, yep. Here in probably, I'm those, guessing.
1: One of those ant tunnels that yeah. was barely holding up the weight of the dirt itself, and the moment something stepped on top of it is like collapse.
0: Yep. I bet, that, I bet we'll see something here in about... I'd, I'd, I'd give them a good four to six months before we see them uh, really stick their their foot in their mouths again with something like this. Yeah.
1: Once they release the actual OGL, there's people are going to be scouring it, and that's a good thing. The very good thing. Very good thing. Hold companies accountable. We love Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. We love a lot of the people that work at Wizards of the Coast. We love the creators and designers. We do not love Wizards of the Coast. We do not love. We do not love Hasbro. We do not love Hasbro. These are organizations, corporations. Hold them accountable. Yeah. So, the other, the other only major news of the week, Samuel. Uh,
0: yes. Uh, Wizards of the Coast announces a formality, legality shift uh, to pre-release with Phyrexia All Will We One. Basically, up to this point, um, when Wizards releases a set, uh, you, they do a pre-release, and that, and then a week later, they do the full release. And basically for that week, the cards that are avail- that people get during the pre-release are not standard legal until they get released the next weekend. So now, as of Phyrexia, All Will Be One, which will be released in February, uh, pre-release cards will be standard legal as of
1: the pre-release. Honestly, something that I'm surprised has not already happened, and something that Really doesn't affect much of anyone, in my mind. It
0: affects. I'm. I'm sure there are some people who it affects more greatly than casual players like us.
1: But how many, how many Magic the Gathering tournaments are happening in the week between a pre-release and a full release of a set? I don't know. That'd be some great data analytics to have with this wizards, but a good change nonetheless. Uh, the philosophy of You've got the cards in your hand You can play with the cards Yeah Big fan Love a pre-release kit
0: Love a pre-release
1: we're, we're big fans of the pre-release kits The promo cards Wonderful Always a fun time Six packs A die Promo card It's a nice little package I like it for the arena code cards For Magic the Gathering arenas That give you six packs On arenas as well
0: I know you're a big fan of the the Magic the Gathering Arenas.
1: I'm slowly working my way through all of all of the sets on Magic the Gathering Arenas by buying pre-release kits off of eBay. That is the Midnight Hunt, Innistrad Midnight Hunt pre-release kit that I got yesterday. Yesterday. It was a wonderful time. And we have some videos on pre-release kits. You can check out our unboxing of the two Brothers War pre-release kits, uh, as well as some pack openings from one of them as well on the YouTube right now. Right now. I think... 40 people have watched it. <laughs> Go check it out. Go check it out. And finally. Finally, uh, the wrap-up.
0: Critical Role announces a new board game that lets players duel as Vox Machina characters. Uh, such neat. Such neat. neat. Yeah. Um, Darrington Press has announced a new board game. Um, Till the Last Gasp. Uh such a bad name. <laughs> Such a bad, bad name. It's a storytelling board game that will enable players to embody different types of characters from across many genre- genres as they duel to the death in a cinematic showdown. Um, yeah. This is going to be. It's. It's a. Uh, it's going to have a lot of different features of um, not being. Or not, or not only being able to play the Vox Machina characters, but also as uh, your own custom characters. And they state that you'll be able to reenact other scenarios such as lightsaber battles and uh, Harry Potter-esque wand duels um, through this mechanic.
1: I like a two-player competitive game, one-on-one. You don't need a big group to play. Who the fuck named this product? (laughs) I don't know. Till the Last Grasp requires you to think. Sorry, Till the Last Gasp requires you to think about what you're saying. Yeah. Even if even shorthand last gasp. You want to play some last gasp? I
0: can't say that as a person with the lisp. <laughs> My point
1: exactly. Also, rude to people with lisps, uh, the people that named the lisp the lisp. Right? Rude. <laughs> Very rude. Also till the last gasp. A little bit of a little bit a little bit, a little bit innu- innuendive. Yeah, there's there's in, I'm not saying it's sexual. But I'm not not saying. I'm not, I'm not saying it's sexual either. What I am saying is that it's a bad name. <laughs> um, of course, as any with
0: anything, as soon as it's announced, there is some concern because uh, if you pre-order through one of the through the Darington Press Guild, which is a series of stores that, like any uh, any big company, have a deal with Darrington Press, uh, you can get some of the Legend of Vox Machina uh, uh, special specialty characters. Yes, they do. There is a concern that there are only 78 stores that are part of the Darrington Press Guild and that none of them are outside the United States. Uh, A lot of fans um, who like Legends Vox Machina won't be able to get their hands on any of these special character sheets, uh, and especially international fans won't be able to. Um, People are hoping that they will release them online or in the
1: future. Yeah good good for them i believe <laughs> I, I,
0: I strongly believe that there is somebody who's going to order it to take a picture and put it online
1: uh yeah <laughs> i sh- <laughs> yes this is see, this is the story I don't, of a girl i don't know what it is about the critical role fandom that just loves to make big massive stinks about innocuous stuff you know Maybe they're not legally allowed to sell it out of the United States.
0: There are a lot of legality things. There, that there's they a have lot issue of difficulties
1: with. with that stuff. You know, there's a, re- there's a reason that the shop.critroll.com is where things go first, and then they have to later bring it to the other stores. The because UK store
0: and because
1: the- there's a lot of red tape.
0: Yeah, tape as some
1: people call it. And for a product that, if we're being honest with ourselves, is not going to sell nearly as many copies as something like Ucatoa. As, something, as like most of the shirts they sell, like, I think it's fine. Especially when on the day of release you'll be able to find probably very high quality scans of it, of anything you want. Anywhere online.
0: Should we take some high quality scans of our stuff and put it online oh. for people? What do we have that people want that they can't get? Um, Your face. Where's the bean?
1: Where's the cat? I don't know. Yeah. She's cat. Been, normally she bothers us when we do this Or she'll sit and be very cute in the cat bed I'm kind of concerned You should be Well, anyway, let's review Dungeons & Dragons As it was in the year 2022 A lot of good things happened in 2022 A lot of uh, wizards
0: also A lot of wizards the coach shooting himself in the foot Happened in 2022 The,
1: the 2022 is the year of Cool shit happening in spite of mass ineptitude. hmm You know? I don't want to talk about... I, I don't want to talk all negative. Because it's not all negative. But if we, we're just going to go down the line. We, we've got a little document here with all of the meat... Sam put together of all the meats sections of the podcast from episode five, which was the first one of 2022. Mm-hmm. Feel free to call out whatever you want. I want to start with the legends of Vox Machina. Yes. The legend... Of Vox Machina. No. If you will. I won't. Season two coming out very soon. Yes. Season one, I think, much better than a lot of people were anticipating. Uh, popular amongst Critical Role fans, popular amongst D&D fans, popular amongst people not fans or know anything about any of those properties.
0: Yeah, I've had a lot of people I talked to, this was their first introduction, um, and when and, and you know... Critical role didn't hold back by showing you scaling balls within the first like five minutes. With moments, Mom- moments, moments, mere moments, Gnomish, gnomish. testicles. Moving on, uh, in episode six, we got the re- we got the announcement of the release of Spelljammer. Er,
1: yes, yes, Spelljammer Adventures in Space. A that was that was when we were really excited. There was a lot of there was a lot of good vibes going around. A lot of good about vibes. about the Spelljammers and things just kind of fizzled out later that was that was a, one of the first signs of something's up something's wrong here mhm something's not quite right
0: yeah uh, wizards made this whole big they made this whole mysterious entrance with uh, the re- the the reintroduction of spell since it hadn't mm. been uh, available for you know in 5e yet and we were all like is this is this happening is this really happening And they're teasing it on Twitter and in ads. And it took several several weeks before they finally uh, came out and said, yes, Spelljammer is happening this year.
1: And not only was it happening this year, it was going to be three books. It was going to be a box set. It was going to have a DM screen. It was going to have all of these things. It seemed like it was going to have this big push. And then when push came to shove and they release it. Little, little bit, little bit racist, little bit racist in the Hadozi. Yep. And uh, then, the moment that that happened, there was no marketing, there was no push. We got it like the week it released on Amazon for like thirty bucks. Yeah, that's three books for thirty bucks. You can get not even all of the already released D and D books, let alone the three book box set spell Spelljammers. Now, are the books much smaller than a regular book release? They're on the size of, like, the Sword Coast Adventure. Guy, or the, yeah, yes, Sword Coast Adventure. Sword Coast Adventure. Guy. Yeah, that's what it's called. It, it, not on the size of, like, a Strixhaven or any of the critical role books or anything like that. Or even, like, standard rule books. A tumultuous time. Most of the content in the books is fun, but they had all these plans and they had all this excitement and then just the rug got pulled out and then product died on the vine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, it's a damn shame. Later, we got called the Nether Deep, though. Yes. My if obviously we can talk favorites at the end if you want, but I want to say top two, my f- my favorite book release of the year. Yeah. Is Call of the Netherdeep? You've gone by
0: far. You we you started. We, well, we were getting ready. You were getting ready, and we did some lead up sessions to get ready to run it. And that campaign just kind of. Well,
1: well, it's it's not it's in. not away. I've got plans. We're gonna. It's it's coming back. You can it's reform it later, but schedule scheduling. And because we only did the Wild Mount pre adventure, you can simply take your characters, and then we can start Call of the Netherdeep. It's true, as intended. Call of the Nether Netherdeep is a great adventure book. If you're a fan of Critical Role, it takes you. Cross Jorhas in Wildmount. It takes you cross the seas to Marquette. You it it's rich in lore, it's very well written, it's very detailed, very DM friendly in some respects, not very DM friendly, in other respects a wonderful adventure book that pairs well with all of the other critical role book offerings. Mm-hmm. As a product. My favorite product of the year.
0: You've gone you've gone through that thing multiple times. You've put so much you've put a lot of prep into that. Yes, I will be running that
1: campaign, regardless <laughs> of scheduling conflicts.
0: Uh, during this time, they also announced the release of Mordenkainen's uh, Monsters of the Multiverse, mm-hmm. which replaced Volo's Guide to Monsters and Mordenkainen's uh, Tome of Foes with all of the updated character races not outside of the PHP, as well as all of the updated monster stat blocks that included new formatting and ways of uh, that they are going to continue on doing those things for uh, the foreseeable 5e future, and I believe... One D and D as well,
1: yeah. Along with, of course, a smattering of new options as well. Modern Canons Monsters of the Multiverse was another weird release that it came out months before that. M- before it, before you could buy it on its own, it came yes, out. Yes, it came out in a in, in a, a box. Yeah, in a bundle with Tasha's Tasha's Xanathars Tosh's and, and the Player's Handbook. I think maybe. And yeah, you couldn't buy it for like three months. Uh, you couldn't buy it solo for another three months. Yeah, it it a weird decision for them to make. In in many ways, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's like w- here's the box set of everything you could possibly want: players' handbook, Xanathar's Tasha's, and Monsters of the Multiverse, which covered the Monster Manual and Volos Guide to Monsters, and well, not the Monster Manual entirely. There were some things. Anyway, it, it, the Monster Book. The mon yes, and. As a reference book, it is very good. Mm-hmm. The new formatting for stat blocks—you you could take it or leave it. It's personal preference. That's how they're choosing to do it. I don't think that big of a deal. The way they released it was just a little bit weird. The product is perfectly fine. It's—it's it's innocuous. Yeah. It's also—it's it's, it's nice to have everything in one place.
0: It is also strange that it is—I think the first release uh, that, um. Nullifies, inactivates, whatever, uh, 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 sweeps under the rug two other previous releases. Because mm-hmm. um, Volos and the old, the old Mordenkainen, the Tome of Foes, are no longer available for purchase. Uh, and I believe they're also offline. They've been taken to off D&D oh, Beyond as well. Really? I believe it's their defunct or whatever. Not, into, I can't remember about that entirely, but I believe that was the plan. Well, let's
1: check. We have let's this check. technology right now. Sources. Featured Adventures. Sourcebooks. Monster Manual there. Modern Canaan presents Monsters of the Multiverse is the one that's available.
0: Yeah, so you can no longer get Volos or, mar- or Tomo Foes on Dandy Beyond, which of course is Wizard's official site now.
1: Interesting. That is an interesting decision. Well, let's see. Volos Guide to Monsters. Book, it contains legacy content Which means Doesn't reflect the latest lore Blah 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 Fascinating Can I just look at it now? Nope Still Purchase Monsters of the Multiverse So if you buy Monsters of the Multiverse You get the legacy content Of the other yeah, books it seems That's interesting Which is it, it, To me it's just weird That they would do this update Most of the way through The life cycle of 5th edition When mm-hmm. they're prepping for 1D&D An odd decision But A perfectly fine product Moving on We got the inklings We got inklings of a new D&D starter set That ended up revealing itself to be The Dragons of Stormwreck Isle Yes A self-contained adventure starter set For uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition A campaign that I am playing through right now In my work game Uh, We're doing a lot of side missions right now Which is You know It is what it is Mm Scheduling is a whole thing Sure But we will be doing Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. It seems perfectly fine as of the time that that I am recording this. And from what we have heard from people that have played through it, it is a wonderful adventure, a lot of exciting things, ship combat, dragons. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Let's see. That also, well, with the release of that... I don't know. At the point where we're we we're looking at this, we don't have dates. <laughs> um, yeah. But with the release of that, that did uh, they did put Lost Minds of Phandelver, mm-hmm. the former starter set or former, former starter adventure, up on D and D Beyond for free. Yeah. it was a
1: nice a nice little gesture. Mm-hmm. There. We had d and D musical it's coming out. I think it's out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's out it's, by it's now. Its run is done. Yeah, it 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 it, it ran. Uh, as, as earlier mentioned, Wizards was stopping people from making NFT content on Magic the Gathering cards. So, more inklings of Wizards of the Coast being weird. This was also around the time
0: that um, we saw an investor group come into Hasbro and try to spin off Wizards of the Coast from the main company. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right.
1: AltaFox. Ah, the AltaFox saga. That was, a, that was a wonderful saga of the podcast we had we had several episodes of new updates and obviously the activist investor group that only had like 9% holding in hasbro wasn't going to get wizards of the oh, coast wasn't spun even that. off. it
0: was like 2% i thought it, wasn't, I it was what it thought.
1: was really low i don't know but it was an interesting thought experiment i think to would wizards of the coast be better off without hasbro and seeing how things have played out the rest of this year i am more in agreement that Wizards of the Coast being spun off and not having to prop up the company of Hasbro and not having Hasbro breathing down their necks to say, monetize D&D more, print more Magic the Gathering sets. Like, they just backed off a little bit. The products would be better. People would be happier. It would grow over the long term. They're looking for short-term gains right now, which they're getting. Yeah. But it's not going to last into 2023, and it's certainly not going to last beyond that if they keep this up. A, a, that was that was a fascinating saga. Yeah,
0: I was just the beginning of it. That was a several month long. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. Uh, we had we had new Magic the Gathering sets. Mm-hmm. Kamigawa Neon Dynasties, a very popular one. Yes, I the Streets of, of New Capenna.
0: Less popular, but still good. Uh, had some good
1: cards. The Dominaria United. Now the Brothers War. Some other sets in there. Yeah. <laughs> the Magic the the, the 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 was Forgotten Realms this year. Uh no, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. Commander Legend, year. Baldur's Gate. Yes. Which would also mean that the two Innerstrad sets, Crimson Vow and Uh Midnight. Double Double Feature was was, was then was this year. Which <sighs> was bad set. Bad set. It was just the two sets combined in Grayscale. Not great. Yeah. Uh moving new- back to D and D. Yes. Uh Journey Through the Radiant Citadels came oh, out. Oh my gosh. Uh this uh,
0: the anthology book mm-hmm. um for this year, which was written uh, uh, major uh, and entirely by PO3 creators asked to bring their culture
1: into a D and set or into a mass D and D setting. Yeah, I love I love the adventure anthologies quite a bit, having nice little self-contained things that you can pluck and play. Uh, the Radiant Citadel itself as a setting is like a here's a nexus point that you can jump off and go do all this crazy shit. A great a great setting for people who maybe have a lot of friends that want to play D and D and it's like every week someone else is going to run a game and it's like, all right, I'm going to run for, I'm going to run a game for three weeks and we've got this set of five people. And then next month, this guy's going to run and it's going to be like some same people, but some different. And it's like, but we all want to kind of play the same characters and same campaign. We had, we had the thought for this early on when we moved into this place of getting people in, but not having to commit to long campaigns, uh, jump in, jump out, do different adventures, different people, DMing a great setting. A very good book release, in my mind. Yeah, I, uh, I, of all the of all the book releases, I think I heard the most positive about that one. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we also had D and D being released in Portuguese.
0: Yeah, uh, they made a stride this year, of course, to get new players, um, and that was by doing it in different languages. Mm-hmm. And Portuguese was one of them, because apparently there's a pretty big um, scene in Brazil. I think. Hmm. I mean, that, I wouldn't be that
1: surprised. There's a lot of Brazil, to be fair. Oh yeah. And the announcement of the Dungeons & Dragons Onslaught. Yes. The war game for Dungeons & Dragons, a miniatures-based war game, kind of, but it's really more of a board game than a war game in many ways. Yeah, we got to,
0: uh, or you got to playtest it at, or learn it at um, Gen Con
1: this yes, year. Yes, they gave us uh, pre-release kits. Uh We both tried to get into, or preview kit, sorry, and... uh we both tried to walk on, walk on because the tickets were very much sold out mm-hmm. by the time we wanted to get in on it. Uh, I managed to get in, Sam did not, and I played uh, two games while I was there uh, with Wizards of the Coast staff there that were helping us uh, with the rules and how to play and answering all sorts of questions. And we got to keep our preview kits for ourselves. Uh, it included four minute or six miniatures. Uh, mm four playable characters, two goblin miniatures for uh, NPC enemies, and it's uh, it, it's interesting. Obviously, the preview environment was a very limited version of what will yes. be eventually available, but in many ways, it's like, well, there's going to be new scenarios that you can play through, and but the core game is going to be two heroes played by one person and two heroes played by another person, and you can win by defeating a lot of NPCs and completing mission objectives or defeating the other player. And therein, I think, lies the problem Yeah, that it is, in my mind, going to be a lot easier to just fight and kill the other player, especially if that player's game plan is to try and complete the scenario mission. Yeah. If one person commits to the scenario mission and the other person commits to killing the other player, the player who committed to the scenario mission at the beginning is going to be fighting NPCs earlier, and that is going to be basically a death sentence, especially in a one-on-one game. Mm -hmm. So I'm a bit more skeptical now that I've had time to think about it and marinate on it, but it was a fun game. I want to give it a try when it comes out at the very least. Yeah. Good time. And we play. We played our own little game of it. We at, did at at the at the Airbnb. I did not roll Cole. well. No, no, you did not.
0: But uh, that one was supposed to be released. The initial game was supposed to be released in October this year, I believe, and got pushed back till or October of twenty twenty two. Got pushed back until February of this year, I believe. Yes.
1: So it'll be coming out in the very near future. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: they do have. They also announced plans to ha- continue to put out. Um, seasonal almost releases kind of like a battle pass style yeah where uh they're going to add a booster box a booster box more factions more and uh, more minis more scenarios
1: and keep that up uh uh, for local and tournament play yes and i think i think now is as good a time as any to talk about the gen con yeah sure absolutely Our our first foray into Gen Con, the best four days in gaming, as they say. They do. We got into the Magic the Gathering there. We play tested several wonderful games. We 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 did a wonderful ship combat game, Armada, that we finally painted the minis on and have yet to play because <laughs> the map is too big to fit on this table. Yeah. Oh Armada Armada's a great game. It was fun. It, it was, was fun. very fun. And we and, played just a miniature version of it. A very, a very Small beginner learn to play. Like if you were playing, if Armada were a video game, it was the tutorial.
0: Yeah, we played the tutorial,
1: and it was very fun. A lot of fun games to be played. Um, got to see a lot of other TikTok creators there. Uh, met up with Norb and some other creators. Hung out with some friends. Made some new friends. Yeah. It was it was a wonderful experience. We got recognized. <gasps> we did. That was unfucking believable. <laughs> I, I we were pumped. I was pumped to talk about it when it happened, and I'm still pumped that it happened. Uh, literally, not even like 15, 20 minutes before that. Yeah, I was saying, how funny would it be if someone were like, "Are you guys the Dungeon Bros?" That would be the coolest that con made if that were to happen. And at that point, we were just like walking around, and we eventually went to some. I think we're
0: heading towards a panel.
1: Some panel to like listen about. So, I don't even remember what Because I was just so high on it At the moment I'm sure it was a wonderful panel And we were walking by And there was just This wonderful woman Who was sitting on the ground She's like You guys are the dungeon bros? And I stopped in a, And I like had that moment of Did I hear that right? Am I thinking this? I turned around And she was staring at us And she was like Oh my gosh And then got it, Wonderful interaction Loved it Yes Took a picture It's on Instagram Love it <laughs> Big fan. (laughs) Moving on to actual news again. D&D Honor Among Thieves. Yes, the movie was announced. Great. Going to be coming out soon. Can't wait for that. It's supposed to be at the beginning of March. Now it's at the end of March. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, classic D&D game. (laughs) Classic D&D game. Uh, A supposed Dark Sun tease that really hasn't materialized into anything. Yeah, we
0: haven't seen too much of that. Um... Oh yes, uh, later that this year or during twenty twenty two, going back a little to Morn Caden's multi- monsters of the multiverse, D and D Adventures League accepted that as one of
1: their source books you could choose yes, when which, creating a character. Which I, I really think they should expand the PHB plus one rule of Adventures League in general. Um, I. If you want if you want a monstrous rate, if you want to be an ASMR, you can't be a Hexblade Warlock. Because that would require two books. Yeah. A I I certain books I feel like you should just have access to. PHB, I think it really should be PHB plus Monsters of the Multiverse plus Xanathar's Tasha's plus campaign setting. And just that. So you get access to the core rule supplements, Canaan's Monsters of the Multiverse, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. And then the plus is we're we're doing a Dragonlance campaign, we're doing a Spelljammer campaign, and then you get access to those books. I think it would just be a lot simpler and in some settings that's not entirely necessary. Sure. But would that would that make character creation a lot more complicated? Adventures League is streamlined, yes, it's clearly a lot to iron out. But Nice thing that they accepted.
0: I'm I'm gonna jump down here a little bit. Uh man, the controversy of the summer for the for the uh, TTRPG slash nerd community general, um, the the Phoenix Stone controversy. Oh my
1: gosh! Yes.
0: So it uh, came to light through a series of tweets. Um, how? uh, uh um. Demonstrative? Is
1: that the right word? I think I've uh,
0: probably. How monstrous! <laughs> How about monstrous? We're indeed. Sure. Um, Satine Phoenix and Jameson Stone were, when it came to their employees, their co-workers, and their uh, and other hired people that they worked with in the past several years. Um, basically, uh, a tattoo artist came on Twitter and shared a bunch of the messages between them. Um, And then from there, people came forward from, you know, everything from streams that uh, Satine was on and helped run to uh, Satine Quest, Mm -hmm. um, which was the cruise that she and Jameson put on um, for uh, uh, nerd culture.
1: Mm. That uh, that was weird. Like, rule of thumb, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Coming from King Asshole here. Don't be an asshole. Asshole on the castle. There you go. <laughs> uh we got the Vecna Dossier. A, a wonderful collection of lore and stat blocks and fun things uh in to coincide with Stranger Things and Vecna being the main villain of season four, Stranger Things. Uh cool. <laughs> <laughs> They already announced onslaught expansions as yeah. we as we mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I I remember the the FBI ruining a D and D group because they were searching for someone. Yeah, they and were... then it turned out to be like not anyone in the group. That's funny. They were like, we we think one of you is a serial killer, and they grilled this entire group of D and D players, and it like tore their friendship apart. This this is fr- this is previous. This isn't from twenty twenty two. No, so this, is... this is this is like in the eighties yeah. or something. It, that was wild, absolutely wild. Uh, this year, also Baldur's Gate got its final beta. Baldur's Gate three got mm-hmm. its final beta. Yeah, still not out. Still not out. <laughs> still not out. Uh, they we're just scrolling down. Lord of the Rings fifth edition compatible third party supplement. Still waiting on that. Mm-hmm. Love it. Want more of it. They want to do more Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast cross, or uh, Magic the Gathering and D anD D. Crossover stuff. Yes. Because uh, the, the D&D sets were very popular. D&D sets were popular. Uh, the Magic the Gathering D&D book's not as popular. We did an entire episode reviewing Strixhaven, which I thought was perfectly fine.
0: So I think part of it is, because I was listening to The Command Zone and I also listened to Tolarian Community College, both great uh, Magic the Gathering channels if you want that in your
1: life. Yeah, they need our help. <laughs> oh, the cat has joined us. Hello.
0: But uh, the they were talking about... The, Again, we're f- relatively new to Magic: The Gathering, especially in the community. Um, hi, Cat. Uh, but with with the D and D sets, there's a very big emphasis on oh, this is D- the D and D set for Magic: The Gathering. With the books, with the Magic or with the D and D Magic: The Gathering books, Strixhaven, Theros. Um, um, oh,
1: there's another one. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. They're not well advertised. They're Magic: The Gathering settings. Yeah, the Theros the Theros book I think is wonderful. It created a system for piety, uh, very heavy God influence. The Strixhaven book, though not as advertised, it's a campaign book, not a setting book. The campaign is wonderful, like a little Hogwarts-like wizard school thing. Mm-hmm. A great time, but very distinctly not. But not what they said it was. Yeah. <laughs> D&D announced a Yawning Portal board game. Wonderful. And, oh my gosh, the big, the big, the big one, The Wizards Presents over the summer. We did a live stream on that on YouTube, which was interesting. But they announced so many new products, including Dragonlance. Yes. Which, from what I've heard, pretty good. Oh. Pretty good. Yeah. No, No one's ranting and raving about it. I'm not hearing really anything bad about it. Which at this point, I mean, I'll fucking take it, <laughs> you know. Uh, a lot of other they announced a lot of Magic the Gathering things. Uh, Dred turned thirty-seven or thirty-five, 35 right. and a lot of they did a lot of new printings and art for Dridst, uh of all the books.
0: And um, around this time uh, is when Spelljammers actually dropped, and that's when the Hadozi and the, yeah, we got it. Happened. We had a big we had um, we had the Hadozi. Uh, what is the what is the correct term for that? The
1: Hadozy lineage. Yeah, uh, the, the, well, r- well, it's, r- it's the, the kerfuffle. R- the, the kerfuffle. I, was, I, I, I thought you were uh, talking about the the whole race versus. No, no, no. Just the, uh, the just new one D and D stuff. Just
0: the the spell jammer's uh, failure, and mm-hmm. um, we actually I'm gonna skip a little bit ahead in my mind here. Uh, Wizards of the Coast Relator uh released an update only a few months ago about how that happened about the fact that they that some things just slip through the cracks it's
1: like basically from what i heard from they didn't explicitly say this but it's basically implying a writer wrote it an editor glanced through it said that's fine and it went to print there are no spelling errors no spelling errors good print it as opposed to like maybe someone else takes a writing pass at it and maybe the editor Edits it. <laughs> yeah, and they
0: uh, they said they're going to put a, a bigger emphasis in going forward on, um, on not only the content, the, the verbal content, or the verbiage content, but the content of the words next to the content of the pictures, and they're going to give
1: that all to the cultural consultants. Sure. And then we got the announcement. During the Wizards Presents. And then almost immediately after the first playtest for the One D and D. One D and D. The last edition
0: of Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Until they want to sell more things. Yeah. Uh we originally got character creation stuff, uh, races, backgrounds, we got some insight. We we were theorizing, uh, based on some of the design for other UAs in earlier in the year that they were going to make Feats more easily accessible Put feats in backgrounds Which they have Mm -hmm. Uh, And then later we got the experts Release uh, talking about the rogue The ranger and the bard Uh, A class group There are groups of classes now designated uh, With similar feature sets Somewhat Uh, Basically a theme A thematic element to them And we have since gotten the cleric Specifically in the priests group class Not the entirety of the priests group class But The Cleric as well. Uh, At this point, a four-player party can have four different classes. Yeah. All one D&D, and you can play one D&D with a group of four right now. Yeah. Uh, A lot of rules that have changed. I like some of the rule changes. Don't like some of the rule changes. Some of the rule changes seem like change for change's sake. Generally, I think the the classes and subclasses that have been presented are good. Yes. I know a lot of people...
0: And, and as it is in the nerd community, um, anytime there's any sort of change, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's going to be upheaval. Um, but just because you don't like something doesn't mean that it's ruined. Doesn't mean that it's terrible. If you do think it's ruined or terrible, do, Wizards is giving you the opportunity
1: in the uh, in the surveys that they're putting out to After, go say something. Yep. Um, After every playtest, they have a survey about a week later that is open for about two weeks where you can write in and tell them. And
0: they have said, they came out in a video and said, hey, here, here's some of the stats, here's what we're looking at. Um,
1: and they have said, yeah, we're trying some things we don't expect to work. And that's so, okay. And that's okay. They just want the feedback they at want this the point. Because they might try They might try something that they think won't work, and people like it. Yeah. So, there you go. Oh, they, they also released uh, survey results from... The, cla- the character creation yes. The first play test And uh, like 90% approval was the feats in the background <laughs> So yep. Yay getting that Love it To wrap things up Honor Among Thieves delayed We talked about that It happens The great blunder of Magic the Gathering With the Magic 30th anniversary Yeah Release The ah. Oh! That was so dumb That was so dumb I don't know how they didn't see That that was going to be stupid
0: And then I love the fact that Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh looked at it and went
1: We're gonna flex on them we, They dunked on them with their anniversary oh releases this year Like reasonably priced re like We're reprinting the, uh, Packs from this classic set That are now going to be legal Modern Well the equivalent of modern <laughs> for their formats Yes and, like, here's, a, here's the Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, what was it, 15th or 25th? 25th, I think. 25th anniversary thing, or fifty? it's 25 years old. Card game. So. Damn. Old. We are old. Damn. We are old. We're in the 90s. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, a bunch of old classic packs, like Legend of Blue Eyes and these awesome, the, the Egyptian God card promos that people loved, and it's 35, 40 bucks. And you get like six packs and these awesome promo cards. And it's like a celebration that anybody can get. Yeah. What it is not is four packs of proxy cards. That random you, proxy cards. Random proxy cards that you cannot play with uh, in any legal format for $1,000. That they also didn't sell out of. I would be what. Can't, can't confirm. They don't have their sale. they they don't have their uh they don't they, don't want, they never announced whether they sold out. When, they just ended the sale. When they ended the sale, there were like four listings on eBay. Period. Four listings with like nobody buying them. Not a popular product. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves, Dominary remastered that is about to come out is going to effectively be the actual 30th anniversary.
0: It's so a reprinting the, of cards from the their past 30 years of Magic, often ones that haven't been reprinted or are only getting their about second reprinting.
1: Yeah. So it's going to bring a lot of old cards into the modern era. A big celebration that could have been... What could have been for Magic 30th? Uh,
0: other things... That ha- we're getting real close to our current date and time as we go. Um... We had the the rumors um, about 1D&D. The
1: the open 1D, the open OGL, 1D&D trend, uh, people not being able to create homebrew content, the fear that people wouldn't be able to create homebrew content with 1D&D, which there will be an OGL as we talked Mm -hmm. earlier. Not all good. Also, Hasbro sells off its uh, indie,
0: indie film studio uh, branch, E1.
1: Right before they release D&D Honor Among Thieves and right after they announced that they're going to be doing other projects. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That It's not too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bank of America and Magic the Gathering, their analysis of the business of Magic the Gathering for Wizards of the Coast, not good. Which led to the fireside
0: chat. Yes. I will still, <laughs> for those of you who are unaware, a fireside chat was first, like, popularized by Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, during World War II just to talk to the American people on their level about what was going on in the government. And the fireside chat that, that Hasbro and Wizards of the coasted Chris Cox and Debbie something, I don't even care to learn her name, um, the president of, of Wizards, was basically an investors meeting, which they spent the first about half of it telling people what they do, uh, what, you know, what D&D and yeah. magic are. And then the next half of it telling us how they're going to continue to monetize
1: Dude, D&D the, and magic. Everything's fine. Everything's good. We're, we're printing to say it. Like, we're print on demand, basically. Like, we're not overprinting things. I'm sure you do not have warehouses full of excess products that can't sell. What we're saying is you're releasing too many product lines. You're completely missing the point and you're basically lying to your investors so that they don't all sell. Because their stock took a big hit after that Bank of America analysis. Uh, Also around that time, the cease and desist to Card Conjurer, the proxy uh, proxy website that you can use to create Magic the Gathering proxies, Mm -hmm. coinciding with Incidentally, the release of the official Magic the Gathering 30th Anniversary proxies for $1,000. <sighs> and we now get to the present. There's a lot of good that happened. There's a lot of exciting things going forward. I personally am very excited for One D&D.
0: Yeah.
1: I want to do a playtest game. I, I think mean, that'd be a fun we time. Could. A playtest one-shot. One of us can run it Get, get uh, our friend Norb Feldeleb Our friend Darren Get some other Maybe maybe do a virtual game In the Discord server Which you can join In the link tree In the bio Free to everyone Free to everyone Get some content creator Friends in Like hey let's run A, a virtual one shot Of 1D&D stuff That would be A great time
0: mm-hmm.
1: And we have one We have a we, It's set to come out
0: In 2024 So we have an entire Another year Of play of tests, play tests of, of UAs To come out um, plenty to look forward. Plenty to. to look forward to.
1: Plenty to look forward to. But a, I even more to be worried about if this trend continues for them. We love D and D. D and D loves us. D moderately enjoys our presence <laughs> at the very least. People like us on TikTok apparently. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Over thirty thousand of you do, which is pretty neat. One. All that big. Be- chester Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Don't do that. No, no you 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 immediately went back to doing the thing. No, you you're, you're doing it you're doing it even worse now. You're doing you're being She's like worse. there's a ribbon. We're, we're, we're putting that away. We're putting that away. The 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 bookmark ribbons in books, very nice. Very nice. Not cat friendly. No. With that being said, we record this live every other week on TikTok. Where you can, in the comments, tell us what you think. And we can read it live on the show. You can also put it into the podcast questions channel on the Discord server. Where nobody has done this week. Oh. I think I need to just leave. Part of the problem, I feel like, is I delete them whenever we use them. And so the channel is just always empty. And yeah. an, an, empty, an empty Discord channel is an intimidating thing to comment into. It's fair. So I might just end up leaving. Stop, them. stop doing that. Probably going to do that. But... Sam, what do we got on the TikTok live? Yeah.
0: Going to the top. Um we say We Geek Together says I'm an LGS owner trying to set a world record in the
1: biggest sesh of D and D. Interested in joining? I I feel like I feel like I saw something about or something similar to this where there was this game shop that over two years was Having running multiple D&D campaigns with DMs that were employees, Mm -hmm. different employees at this game shop. And then over the course of two years built to this point where all of these adventuring parties were all battling uh, the same enemy on different fronts of like this massive battle. Like there was one table that was like fighting on the front lines and one table that was helping uh, hostages get out of a burning city. And there was another table that was set to assassinate this one guy. And there was another table that was trying to steal like the, like all this stuff happening at the same time. And stuff that would happen at one table would then be announced to all the other tables. Like something exploded and then it changes the environment for the other tables. Cool. I'm into it. DM us. Follow them. And DM us. Also, we're in Cincinnati. So if that's far, maybe we can't. I I can't do it because I'm on my profile on my phone. We'll do it we'll see it afterwards we'll we'll, We'll see it our people will contact your people and we'll set something we'll do it live live. Um,
0: (laughs) friend of the show typical Gemini uh, when we were talking about the Phyrexia all will be one release love typical uh, says it is so good for local game stores hopefully it gets more people
1: in the doors the pre-release the pre-release thing is massive for local game stores and this is a big positive move one of the rare positive moves (laughs) that Wizards of the Coast has made to help out the local game shop big fan Uh,
0: Christina uh, Rusho baller over here asks us three questions uh, says hi gents question on building a space horror RPG and bringing in new people to RPGs how do you maintain tension tension through the exposition moments trying to find music sound effects etc etc
1: for music there's countless sound libraries out there Hmm? if you play video games a lot of the hard work's done for you already. Maybe get an ad blocker on YouTube if you do that route.
0: <laughs> Spotify, there's plenty of Spotify. A lot of um, great playlists. I will say, when it comes to if you're if you're asking, I actually it just says RPGs. Um, obviously, there are some RPGs specifically focused around horror. Um, I believe Dread, uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu, um, Ten Candles. All of these actually, a lot of these take different mechanics other than a d20 the d20 is predictable very there are 20 sides which you can get you have one in 20 chance of getting any side with these other systems they use different sorts of of randomness or chance things one Mm. uses um i believe dread uses a jenga tower Oh, so whenever, oh, you try yeah. to, whenever you try to make a move, you have to pull a block from the Jenga tower. When the Jenga tower falls, that is someone dying. Yeah. So you get to a point where you have to be like, all right, do I really want to do the thing or do, and risk somebody dying, or do I just want to not do it? Yeah. Um, I know 10 candles
1: as the candle melts, mm-hmm. as things happen. Uh, also, with Dungeons and Dragons, especially 5th edition, the system is built in a way that it is difficult to die. Mm-hmm. Especially went, once you get to fifth level Oh yeah And once it becomes difficult for a player character to die A lot of tension that you try to build can kind of go out the window Because as Marisha Ray said Fuck it, we're gods now <laughs> And if you want tension There's some wonderful optional rules in the Dungeon Master's Guide for gritty realism uh, Changing the short rest to a day Or like an evening And then a long rest to like a week uh, adding, you can add in sant- sanity scores and morale. Either, th- 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 tons of different options. Uh, exhaust- at making exhaustion a more important mechanic. There's some wonderful videos on YouTube talking about gritty realism uh, from uh, Z Bashu. He does like a lot of animation content on YouTube uh, related to D&D rules and fun things. If you want to build tension in an RPG system, Call of Cthulhu, I feel like would be a great starting point. It's very popular. There's a lot of resources available to help you out mm-hmm. online. And as a system, there's a little bit of I think there's a bit more setup at the beginning than some players might be interested in, but I think it's a bit easier to run as there's not as much interaction, mm-hmm. at least mechanically, as something like D and D or some other systems would be.
0: I will say I've been playing in a um, kids on bikes campaign recently and kids on, on the uh, the the kids on system because they have kids on bikes, kids on broom, and then scouts guide to the zombie apocalypse. I believe is another one of theirs. Super simple setup. Um, the group I'm playing with where, yeah, we've all played D&D for a long time, but we've never played this. I think we were set up and like actually starting to do things within maybe 10 minutes Um and then we got into our first two sessions, and let me tell you, that system—you're you're a kid. Yeah. You're just a guy. I'm just a guy. And <laughs> and as soon as you are just a guy, things get a lot scarier. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, this is a great question. Great question. Good question. Moving on, uh, they also asks also, have you heard of Flesh and Blood? It's a really ga- mm-hmm. great TCG game that I've been playing. Thanks. Yeah, we have heard of Flesh and Blood. Um, haven't gotten into it yet. Yeah. We we just learned for the
1: Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> within the last couple of months, so thought about flesh and blood a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll let you it know. seems like they like their players a lot more.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, Rad Shebi says, hmm, "What you guys talking about? One D anD D a little bit, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know." Uh, they say I've already started using some of the rules in the current camp, camp campaign.
1: Uh, we've homebrewed the level one feat for quite a while. Yes, a very very common house rule in this household to get the level one feat. It's just. It's quality. It's it, value. Pure value. Pure value. Especially yeah. a lot of like the more uh, character ability feats, prodigy, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Great They go on to say,
0: "How do you guys feel about the changes to feats being spread out uh, all spread out for all races and backgrounds?" How do you guys feel about the changes for feats being spread out for all races and backgrounds? Sorry, I just didn't... I read that and didn't comprehend it. Well,
1: they remove. It seems like they removed, like, the race prerequisites yes. and classes. Yeah, okay, is- yeah, yeah. Uh, certain feats, I think, are only going to be available to certain class groups. Yeah, we've seen a lot of them in the Warriors, specifically. Yes. Um... I'm perfectly fine with that. There were there were class or like sometimes like spellcasting prerequisites and that kind of stuff or ability score prerequisites for certain feats. I'm fine with that. I think the change to putting it in the background is just a positive. Um, it, we did when we did our discussion about one D and D. We we uh, had a wonderful bonus podcast with Norb and. Uh, We brought up something we had heard from uh, a fellow TikToker, uh, Dungeon Mistress Paula, Mm -hmm. who was not a fan of the level one feat because that adds more complexity at character creation and will thus make it more difficult for new players to get into, which is a fair criticism. Yes. A very fair criticism. Uh, Thankfully, the system and the feats that they presented as options at character creation in the first UA, a lot of them were not really powerful not broken by any means yeah useful useful but not super powerful which in that case would and obviously all of the, all of the the backgrounds are going to come with recommended feats for those yeah. that don't want to think about it as well which is totally fine totally valid i think it's a net positive
0: yeah uh, going back to dunder Mrs. Apollo's paula's comment which um we love her. We love her. We yeah. love
1: Dungeon Mistress, Paula.
0: And I think that while that—well, while it's a very it's a very valid statement. Um, the fact of the matter is D&D is not as easy, I think, to get into as a lot of people want it, want to, want be. it to be. Um, it, is a, it is a mechanics-heavy system. Yeah. And taking a new player from zero to level one, even— it's gonna be lot. could be a forty-five minute process. You want to get them up to level three and start a game immediately. That could take it up to like yeah. an hour and a half yeah. even. Um, so that being said, you front load a lot of the work. You front load a lot of the work, which I think actually is is something we've seen. In the in the UAs that I hope they continue it to the books of an easier build, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the spell casting classes. Of here's what you know, here's a suggested spell things you list. should take per yeah per spell or per level of class to the spell list. Um, and I would be excited for them to also put more into the onboarding section mm-hmm. um, well, or uh, uh, into the DMG.
1: Yeah, part of that. I think it's also clear That they're trying to push people To use D&D Beyond more mm-hmm. And making the tool set For character creation There very intuitive With just drop down menus And like it auto fills in And all that kind of stuff uh, And especially since The 1D&D books Which Exciting 1D&D books are going to have codes on, one, on D&D Beyond So when you buy a 1D&D book You'll have it on D&D Beyond Which will make that process Even easier Yeah For many people which, Again A net positive
0: Net positive it's the end of the line.
1: That uh, is The end of the line, pal. Sun's getting real low. Bucky. Bucky. I'm with you to the end of the line. I could do this all day. I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah I know. We, yeah, we know. <laughs> we like Marvel in this household. If you like Marvel, you can follow us on TikTok, where over 30,000 of you do. You can join our Discord server, where over almost 300 people are in the Discord server right now. Uh, we're trying to do more giveaways. We need to do some uh, Match at the Gathering spell table events with some people in the server. We need to do some D&D one-shots with people on the server as well. We do. That is one of our New Year's resolutions. Man, as we, we, got, into- we got a whiteboard of plans. Ooh, so
0: many plans. So much
1: content.
0: The, the only thing we need now...
1: It's constant reinforcement. We, I, 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 don't, I, heard a quote recently. I don't know if I agree with it, but I kinda, I kind of get where the sentiment is. You don't want to chase motivation. Motivation is fleeting. It comes, it goes. You want diligence. Hmm. We twenty twenty three. Diligence. 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 And constant reassurance mm, from our community. Motivation would help, <laughs> in the form of likes, comments, subscribes, subscribings, subscribing, subscriptions. Ooh. Checking out our free homebrew on Drive-Thru RPG, as well as our compendium, the year-end compendium, which, as of the recording, will not be posted, but as of the posting of the podcast, will be live for $4.99. If you buy it once, you'll get every updated version every year thereafter. We hope. We hope that's how that works. If not, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> pricing, pricing scheme would then change. <laughs> but, you can follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter. The YouTube, the TikTok, all the things. Podcast services round Round, the globe. Round the globe. Apple, Google, Spotify. iHeartRadio, I think. Sure. And the Podbean. uh, Listening to your cat purr at night uh,
0: next to your ear. That will be an exact replica of the sound waves that we're creating mm -hmm. now, just at a different frequency. Mm
1: -hmm. We... You can download us directly onto your Toyota Camry's firmware. We mm-hmm. take over we take over the entire the entire console. Yes. And it's just us. Mm-hmm. CNS you, radio style.
0: Yeah. You won't be able to adjust your seat position, either. We are taking care of that for you.
1: Yes. We know what's best. We do know what's best. And we're not letting you lean so far back that your hand could go like out the back window and then around no. to the front. No. That's Too much. We're not. We're not trying to. We're not trying to ride low here, okay. Especially on Toyota Camry. Yeah. I mean, already basically grinding the asphalt at that point. Love a Toyota Camry. I'm too tall for a Toyota Camry. (laughs) Way too big for a Toyota Camry myself. Perfectly fine. With all that being said, the bean has joined us peacefully, curled up in front of us on the stream. She is V adorable. Mm -hmm. Welcome to 2023. Mm -hmm. In the meantime,